0: generation church based in the beautiful Rex theater in the heart of downtown pensacola florida our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith to fulfill the call of god in your life and to finish well grab your bible open up your notes app and let's dive in
1: welcome to the wrap party where we dive a little deeper into sunday's message danielle here with pastor ray hey everybody he has the distinct honor and privilege of being married to me, and <laughs> and today uh, we're going uh, through the third part of our Ephesians series, where uh, Pastor Ray here dove a little deeper into Paul's prayer. Um, some have called Ephesians the Grand Canyon of the New Testament because of its beauty and depth, and uh, I've... Would definitely agree with that. Yeah. I, I love that sentiment because um I know that this book, uh, when I went through it with a precious friend of mine, Miss Jennifer Stewart, um, we really gained so much from it. so I'm really excited that we're uh, doing it as a church and that we're taking our time with it. So why don't you just give us a brief overview of what you gleaned uh, in your studies?
0: Yeah, I just really wanted to point out um, the things that Paul was praying for. You know, he was praying that we would have a deeper knowledge of God, a deeper knowledge of his call, his riches, and his power. And so I wanted to unpack that. But I think what Paul is really getting at in this prayer is sort of a call to maturity. You know, we, we don't know what to grow towards if we don't understand these truths about God. And so I think Paul was trying to tell us that we need a deeper and more complete knowledge of God's riches that are available to us in Christ so that we may live a powerful life of faith in Jesus and love toward God's people. And so then at the end of my message, I sort of unpacked what the Ephesian Christians modeled for us, which was obedience to Jesus's command to love one another.
1: Yeah, I love that. Remind me, you shared in the beginning of your message a quote from Warren Wearsby, and it just really struck me.
0: Yeah, so Warren Weersby is a Bible commentator that I've been um, reading a lot of his stuff. There, he's got a series of expository commentary on the Bible, which is just a uh, fancy Christian talk for um, commentary on how to teach God's Word. And so I've been reading that, but this quote really stuck out to me in his uh, outline that he did on Ephesians. And it says, Christians mature in the Lord when they learn how much they mean to Christ, and then start living to bring joy to His heart. And that—that's really it. Really captures again what I was talking about. I think Paul is is trying to call us to maturity through knowledge of God.
1: Right. I I really love that because it just kind of um, really uh, helps you to understand how vital it is to know God. Um, to know yourself and, uh, I know we, you know, being married and all that, um, I got to kind of see a little bit of the behind the scenes and a little bit, a little bit of your heart on, uh, on this, that you don't always have to share fully Sunday morning because we're limited for time and things like that. But, um, we had really gotten into a good conversation while you were prepping on, um, culture's big push to know yourself, know yourself. And, um, what would you say has been, uh, some of the biggest impacts on, um, on even just American society with this whole wave of knowing yourself versus knowing your creator?
0: Yeah, I think, I think we've traded knowing God, which is the highest calling that we can have to understand our creator more Um, we've traded that for this desire to know ourselves. And I think it really um, started with the Enlightenment in the 17th and 18th century, where it it was all about the pursuit of happiness, you know, almost, almost unlimited pursuit of happiness, you know, regardless of uh, circumstances or consequences, you know, and, and birthed from that, and all these different um, like cultural movements since then, especially maybe since like the 1950s and 60s, um, we've really gotten lost in this idea of knowing ourselves. And so, the point I was trying to make was that when our goal is to know ourselves instead of our creator, then we get things messed up and we don't even really know basic things. And I didn't bring it out in my message, but just some of those basic things that pop into mind are questions like, what is a woman Mm -hmm. and when does life begin and can a man become pregnant? Like these are questions that we should know the answers to, but in, in a desire to know ourselves, we've invented what these things are instead of leaning on the truth of God.
1: Well, it's so true because when we are so focused on knowing ourselves, we really rob ourselves. And, you know, it's easy as Americans, we know the words life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, Mm -hmm. but it seems we'll abandon and forsake the first two for the, for that last one. For the pursuit yeah. of happiness. Yeah, and I would say, yeah. too,
0: we forget the part where all men are created equal by yeah. God.
1: By God, we forget yeah. forget that part. Yeah. It's it's interesting. As the daughter of a mechanic, um, thinking, oh, I can go in there with whatever uh, knowledge. If I go to work on a Ford and I pop open the hood, but I bring a Honda manual I'm not going to get very far uh, into into working and finding out and diag- diagnosing, not diagnosing, <laughs> but I'm not going to get very far in into working on that vehicle when I'm looking at the wrong information. Yeah. But when we know our creator, that, that intense love that he has for us, that's where our identity should mm-hmm. be grounded. And that's where um that's where we should be starting from not the other way around and trying to find god within ourselves right. because that's going to we're going to run empty we're going to run so dry and it's never going to fulfill and we'll be scratching and and uh, digging and tearing at any other path we can find to try to find that um fulfillment and that uh just closeness with because you know with a deity Because, you know, we've all got that God-shaped hole. He's put um, eternity on the hearts of all men. But so many are looking in all the wrong places to find it. And that's why there's that hunger. There's that, like, gnawing inside. Um, We did a series ages ago here at Generation. And uh, one of the messages was on the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. And there was a really cool video that we did before it. And it kind of just showed this woman... And it was talking about the um, uh, this gnawing, itching uh, need that she had inside. Um, but it wasn't satisfied until she met Jesus that day at the well. And, and that was when she really saw that's whose I am. Mm-hmm. And that idea of whose I am is so important.
0: Yeah, back to Paul's, Paul's prayer and what he was praying to God for. You know, He was praying that they would know God. And then they would know their identity in Christ, and so yeah. it's to know God, and then it's to know the call, the hope of the call to which you've been called. So that that right. goes towards identity, the glorious riches of God's inheritance in us. That's still speaking about our identity, mm-hmm. um, and then God's power. That's. Toward us who believe, and and we have access to that power, and so Paul's prayer is almost twofold, right? It's know God and then know yourself, right. which is interesting because I hadn't I hadn't thought about that perspective yeah. before. Yeah,
1: it's it's one of those things where you know it makes me think and really gives me just kind of pause because we're Christ's inheritance, which is just so bizarre to me because we get it so wrong so often. And yet he looks at us as a prize, as a treasure. And if that doesn't help you feel valuable, like I, I don't know what will.
0: Yeah, I, was, I just want to say one more thing. I was kind of thinking about after preaching this idea, because I, I kind of unpacked how we're all members of the body and the church is the bride of Christ. But I, I find it interesting that we're called to have a relationship with Jesus individually. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're called to have a relationship with the church and Christ is the head of the church. Church is the body of Christ. And so it's this beautiful thing where like on an individual level, and I talked about it in my message too, we can know God personally through salvation. And so God, Jesus redeemed us by his blood individually, but then Christ is redeeming the church by sanctifying us, mm-hmm. us all working together to build each other up in love. Right. And then one day, not only will we individually be completely redeemed and glorified, but as a body, as a body together, we'll also be redeemed. And then this beautiful bride of Christ that that matured through the Holy Spirit will be received complete and whole and beautiful by Jesus, the bridegroom. It's, it's a
1: cool yeah. picture. It's just, it's so uniquely beautiful. And that's not something you're going to find anywhere else where um, your God is willing to lay down their life to intimately know you and to have you with them for eternity. Like Christ's the only one that does that. I mean, because he's the only true God, but, you know, if you study theology and you go through and you look at all of the other world religions and belief systems, and you just read them for, you know, even if you just read them for text and you just kind of bullet point put up, you know, okay, these are the key points. And then you look at Christianity, you just go, wow, all of this, so that our creator could know us, we could know him. And we can relate with him and be with him and be and be family with him. And yeah, it's just so beautiful and just really, really puts everything in the perspective when you look at it like that. It's like right. the small stuff, it really is small stuff. Right. It really is. It's
0: just interesting because, you know, as God, he knows us completely, yeah. but he wants that relationship. He mm-hmm. wants closeness with with us He doesn't just want to know us like oh there's Danielle over there there's right there He wants to be right beside us and in fact he's living inside of us by the yeah. Holy Spirit. He's that close uh, right It's amazing.
1: Yeah less than a breath away like that's wow. I really love what you said about um, how love is a sign of maturity. Um, and you kind of talked about the process of sanctification. Um, can you break that down just a little bit? You know, I know that's one of those kind of big churchy kind of words and not one that I had ever heard before um, going to church and really here at Generation in particular.
0: Yeah, so sanctification is just the process where God makes us more like Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And, and um, there's a few different ways you can, can kind of look at it to maybe help understand exactly what it means. Um, one way to think about it is, uh, like in the old Testament, when God rescued the Israelites out of Egypt, Mm -hmm. he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but then while they were wandering through the desert, he was in the process of getting Egypt out of the Israelites. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it is. Like we are saved from sin, but we still have this, um, this faulty wiring where sometimes we fall into sin, but We have a new nature, so that's not what we want to do. We want to live more like Christ does. And so the Holy Spirit empowers us to avoid temptation, to avoid sin, and to live righteously. So that's one way you can think of it. Another way that I've had it explained to me that's helpful is it's like an onion. And once you're saved, God, by the Holy Spirit, starts peeling out the outer layers of the onion, but then there's still a bunch more layers Mm -hmm. to go. And so God is constantly peeling back those layers to get to the core of who you are in Christ. And the beautiful thing is that while we will never arrive to perfection as we are in this world, once Christ comes back to gather all things to himself, we will be glorified as Christ is glorified. And then we will no longer have this desire to sin. We'll no longer give in to temptations to sin. Um, We'll just be living with Jesus Christ with God forever and eternity in this new heaven and new earth where all the problems that the earth has with natural disasters and uh, pain and suffering and all that, like all of that is wiped away and it's a new heaven, new earth, beautiful, created perfectly as God intended. Um, it really is in many ways a return to the Garden of Eden where there's access to the tree of life and we're constantly in his presence. So yeah, sanctification is just the process where the Holy spirit works in us to help us live this life the way God intends us to.
1: Yeah. And a big part of that is uh, what your closing point was love one another. And that's not always easy. Um, It's not just kind of some sweet, like kind of trite saying Mm -hmm. like, Jesus did this. He exampled like he was the best example of loving those who seem unlovable. And so it's, you know, it's one of those things that we know is a command and we know it is um, vital um, to show that maturity, to show the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But even, even still, it is so intensely hard some days because you're going to come across people where You know, like, can I, um, be like flipping tables, chasing you with a whip, kind of loving you today, because that's just kind of how I feel. Um, but I think that that process of sanctification gets us out of that. Um, you know, Jesus really kind of pulls away and the Holy Spirit pulls away those layers of acting out of emotion Mm -hmm. and allows us to act out of what Christ has done for us towards people.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I'm, I'm grateful that he does take that time because as much as I would like to say, Hey, I believe in Jesus now. So, and I love Jesus. So everything is perfect. Uh, in my own life, seeing how God has worked to, um, pull away the, the walls really that I myself have built, you know, um, to be able to love people that I never thought I would be able to say, Hey, I genuinely love them and want to want to be in heaven with them someday. And that's the ultimate goal, Mm -hmm. not vengeance, not trying to pay them back for ways they've hurt me, but to genuinely go, you know what? I really just want the best for them. And the best is them knowing Christ. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. One, one thing I was thinking of in Jesus's command to love one another, he says that by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so as we mature together as a body of Christ and we're building each other up in love, it really is an opportunity to share the gospel. Because when people see how we treat each other, they'll they'll see God. They'll, they'll know that we belong to Christ. Um, and then I think the Holy Spirit can use that as a means to draw them to Jesus.
1: Right. I'm so grateful for God's grace in my own life. And when you really take the time to, to look at how much you've been forgiven, um, it makes it easier. Yeah. It makes it easier to let things go. Uh, we live in a very self uh, focused culture and we don't often look at our own shortcomings. We tend to look at how we've been wronged and how we feel like we, um, are owed in some way. And it's just so, so destructive because really we've been given everything we need and didn't deserve a single ounce of it. God's grace is so freely given and we could never earn it. And, you know, when we look at that and we look at the cost of that grace and the cost of our relationship and eternity with him, it, it just makes everything fall into perspective and makes it so much easier to go, you know what, let's just let the small things be small things mm-hmm. and move forward in love. It doesn't mean you can't have healthy boundaries. It doesn't mean that you have to con- you know, allow continual acts of disrespect and things like that. It's not an excuse for abuse, but it is a way of saying, I don't have to hold on to this because God's got it. yeah. And my job is to move forward in love and, um, and to just keep making each next choice. What's going to honor God best mm-hmm. because he deserves it. He deserves that. He deserves our honor, our glory, our praise, our life. So yeah.
0: Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks, Danielle, for doing the podcast with me this week.
1: Yeah, I love being able to do this uh, with you whenever we get the opportunity. So that's great.
0: Awesome. Well, everybody listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. And we pray that you are learning a lot through this series on Ephesians. Tune in this coming Sunday when Pastor Greg will continue. He's looking at Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. But for this week, that's, that's a, a wrap! wrap.